Hello and welcome to Wonderful. I'm David Pearl, the founder of Street Wisdom, and this is a podcast that we've designed for anyone who wants to get some inspiration on the go. Let me explain. These are times when a lot of us are using a walk to create a bit of thinking time. A bit of time when no one's asking anything of us. Time to chew ideas over, to think about what comes next and maybe get a bit of inspiration. And a lot of us, me included, are listening to podcasts while we walk. Wonderful is a podcast designed specifically for that. A podcast for you to walk to. Something to put a bit of wonder in your wonder, as it were. Every episode, we'll head out onto the street to explore something that makes us wonder, either in awe or in puzzlement. Like, how do words actually work? Are strangers strange, or is it us? Why do our lives squiggle in that annoying way they seem to? And how do you keep your love life alive in the age when everyone is wearing elasticated waists and athleisure wear. We'll hear from a guest who's got something inspiring, provocative, or just plain funny to share. And using that as inspiration, then will you take the rest of the walk to find our own answers to the questions on our minds. It's a kind of experience wrapped inside a podcast, really. Now, you're welcome to listen to this lying on the sofa, but if you want to get some real inspiration, I suggest we boot up and head out onto the street together. Oh, and one more thing. If for any reason you can't get out into the street for a wonder, you know, maybe you're in lockdown or, I don't know, maybe you locked yourself in and the key is somewhere in the, the dirty laundry, whatever, do not worry. Just listen as you take a wander around your home, as you'll find. Inspiration is actually everywhere. Oh, it's so nice to be out, out and about, stretching one's limbs. And, and the sun's out as well. And, and what's good about that is I can... I've just been admiring my, my, my shadow as it bounces down the street. Yes, it bounces. Ever since I was a kiddie, I've walked with a slightly bouncy gait. My, my sisters tease me about skipping when I was a kiddie. But there you are, it's, it's, it's my body. How's your body? You will have one, I'm guessing, and, and I'm guessing a bit like me, you probably sometimes think quite unkind things about your body, about where it goes in and where it goes out. Um, and it's such a beautiful thing, the body, but I often forget that. I remember when I was writing Wonderful, I came across a wonderful phrase from Guy Claxton, the, the psychologist, who says, we do, not, we do not have bodies, we are bodies. Reminding us that the body isn't just a sort of vehicle to to schlep our brains around the world, but actually our intelligence is distributed in all our limbs, in all our organs. We are indeed our bodies. Um, which is why I wanted to introduce you to the fabulous Ruby Rare. And she's a friend of mine who has a, an absolutely amazingly positive attitude to the body, hers and other people's. She's something of a, a champion of body positivity. Um, but if you look her up, and she's easy to find, she's got 71,000 followers on Instagram. Um, but has pulled off, by the way, the incredible trick of being popular on Instagram and entirely genuine <laughs> and lovely and real. But if you, if you pick up her, the Wikipedia entry, it says something like, Ruby Rare is a pink-haired sex educator on a mission to get people talking more confidently and inclusively about sex. Marvellous. Well, I, I, did, I, I, did, I did reach out to him. We had a conversation. 
So Ruby's known as a, a public figure in the sex-positive community, and frankly, we could do with some more positivity about that. Um, she also, she also co-founded a wonderful thing, which I am planning to go to online on Sunday, called the Body Love Sketch Club, which is a kind of life drawing class for people clothed and unclothed to uh, appreciate their bodies and all things bodily. Um, she's also written a great book called Sex Ed, A Guide for Adults, which I read cover to cover and made me think, gosh, I wish I'd, I wish I'd had such a book when I was younger, because it does concentrate on sex, but it, um, what's really going on, in my view, and we talk about this in the interview, is um, pleasure. And the fact that pleasure is, can be a major factor in your life. But people didn't tell me that at school, or any other time, to be perfectly honest. We talk about pleasure, and we talk about beauty, and we talk about how to make things multicolored and opulent in life. Actually, just spending time with Ruby, you come away feeling more multicolored and opulent. She may be pink-haired, but when we were speaking, she couldn't see her hair because she was had a fabulous multicolored turban in a room that was a cluster of of light and shade and dark and different hues. It was a cornucopia of loveliness. So as usual on Wonderful, we're going to jump into the interview. Um, and, and it's the point where I'm asking her about, about this thing of authenticity. How, how can you stay authentic and, and yet be a sort of public figure as she is? And um, I loved what she had to say. It was, it was just a, a, a beautiful conversation. And um, at the end of it, as usual, we'll, um, we'll take a fragment, an opulent fragment of what Ruby had to say, and we'll turn it into a little exercise we can do a little game a little jeu we can do as we walk along so that we end this podcast with an experience that we can all learn from so without any further ado the opulent ruby rare you're known by lots and lots of people as somebody you're sort of associated with what do we call it? Positive sex? I don't know. Um, but reading your book, which I've just been doing, and, and, and knowing you a little, I'm, I'm struck. The first thing I wanted to talk about was, um, it's an overused word. In fact, it's a word which, the more you say it, the less it sounds like what it means, which is authenticity. We have to find a better mm -hmm. word. But there's yeah. something about you. Uh, um, you know, I went onto Instagram, because you're sort of famous on Instagram. And the thing that roars out of your Instagram, which is rare, hence maybe really rare, is, is you kind of mean what you say and you're very authentic. You're very kind of unabashed and, and, and open. Um, is that something, you, do you agree with that? And is that something that comes naturally to you? I mean, I strive for that. So if that's the, res that, if that's the response that my stuff... Uh, is picking up that's really nice because I would hate to come across in a different way a friend of mine the um the other day we were joking talking about how authentic is like the new organic in terms <laughs> of language a while ago it was like oh everything's organic and like the way that we're describing different movements or different feelings and now it's all about authenticity so I totally get what you mean about it feeling overused but it does feel important to try and tie yourself to something that feels truthful 
And, you know, there's a massive hypocrisy in saying that when we're talking about social media, because it's impossible to be entirely like yeah. authentic, truthful, whatever you want to say on a platform like Instagram. But I guess one thing that I've always tried to do, which was born out of laziness, was to not take what I was putting on there too seriously and to just do it kind of quickly. Like I don't have the brain space all the time to craft the most beautiful image you've ever seen in your life in your life with like the most perfect lighting and everything in the background really really neat and you know buying like a really fancy camera so the quality is amazing and spending hours writing this stuff i am fairly speedy in like taking a photo it works great whack it on there what am i thinking right now go and that's done me well because as much as I really like social media, I also strive to spend as little time on there as possible because yeah. I already get sucked in so easily that if I uh, if I like permit myself to spend too long on there, I'm worried I would never go off. So I kind of have to have some some distance and being speedy on there uh, in what I'm producing works well because then I get to enjoy what other people are producing and I get to like feel like I'm really part of the community there and part of the sex positive community because I don't want to just be someone who throws stuff out there and doesn't listen and absorb things back. Yeah, I mean, and you're obviously, whatever you're doing is working with your 70,000 plus uh, followers. <laughs> and I was thinking about it. I mean, one of the things that you talk about perfection and beauty and the, 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 the idea that you don't over consider it, but maybe that's what people like. You're, you're, you're very open. You're not... Uh, hiding anything as it were and you're not uh creating an image a kind of acceptable image you're saying this is me um that seems to be a lot to do there's there's that in your writing as well it's very direct very open is that important to you to sort of you sort of break the rules of social media is that is that are you a rule breaker <laughs> in that way I'm a, I'm sort of 50-50 rule breaker and absolute like panics to challenge authority. So I kind of bounce between the two. Really? But I, yeah, I think I want to, whether you're seeing an image, whether you're reading something that I've written, I want it to feel like I'm just there and talking and, and not thinking about it too much, just kind of expressing where I'm at and... It's not true to say that I just put everything out there because I am I am fairly considered in terms of what I share, but my limits of what I share might be a bit different to other people's. Mm. So I guess that's, and that's just like a personal preference. But privacy is really important to me and I like keeping things private in my life. But I guess the difference is that I'm not, I'm not holding back in a way that is shameful. It's mm. not like I'm keeping secrets because actually I'm, I mean, also I have massive insecurities and I have like everyone is riddled with shame. I'm not trying to like excuse myself from that. But I'm a lot of the sex education that I talk about is really about ridding yourself of shame in the gradual kind ways that we humans can. And a big part of that is owning the stuff that you want to keep private, but it not being like a dirty secret, it just being something that you, with agency and confidence, are choosing to keep private. And 
I think I, I care about that notion really strongly. And so I think it trickles into lots of other parts of my life, including my work and how I am on social media. I'm not I'm not hiding anything. I'm just deciding to keep some things private. Beautiful. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, it makes absolute sense. You used this word shame and, and I was struck by reading the book, Sex Ed, this idea of shame that came up. And you made this distinction between having a shameful secret and having a conscious secret. It sounds like choosing to keep them for something so is, is different than hiding it because you're ashamed of it. Yeah. On Earlier on this morning, uh, your book's obviously in my mind, and uh, I had a shower on the way to this. I mean, not just, just now, but I've had a shower this morning, you'll be <laughs> glad to hear. And as I came out of the shower, I caught myself sucking my tummy in for myself, thinking, and I realized, gosh, you know, there's a, there is a sort of bit of body shame about that. It's like, I'm not okay that I've got a slightly, uh, you know, I'm, I, I don't have a washboard stomach, as it were. You said something that, that there's a lot in the book about that, but one thing that really leapt out to me was beauty. I mean, you're good with the beauty of your own body. And you talk about owning your beauty as a superpower. And I love that. Tell, tell if I've got that quote right, tell, tell us more about that. Yeah, it feels very, um, it feels like a very established part of the way that I talk about myself and just about bodies in general. And I had to be really careful to kind of make a distinction, uh, not make a distinction. I had to be really careful about defining that and explaining that in the book because I know for all of us beauty has a very uh can feel very spiky and can feel really complicated and I'm lucky that I have really amazing parents and I have a mum in particular who was just really wonderful when we were growing up uh my sister and I and always made us feel beautiful and always 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 my my earliest understandings of beauty of beauty are that it comes from the inside out and like if you're if you're beautiful on the inside then it will show on the outside and obviously that is a massive oversimplification but I do think that it's kind of we we have the power to see beauty at almost everything that we look at Hmm. and we don't do that very often because we're taught to always see the negatives and to always come with criticism first, especially when it's about ourselves, especially when it's about our like a physical appearance. And I'm not trying to just brush that away and be like, oh, but just think you're beautiful and then it will be great. But if you if we allow ourselves to start with the positives and not deny the challenges and not deny the really difficult things that are going on, but just start with the things that we appreciate, that feels very important to me. And and I also really like the idea of finding things, silliness and weirdness and beauty all kind of work together for me a lot of the time. Um, I, I co-run a body positive life drawing class with one of my best friends Rosie Pendle baby and we are just really stupid whenever we're together and we kind of feel like eccentric grannies in the bodies of (laughs) late 20 early 30 year olds and we just love running around together naked and being really stupid and we love laughing at our bodies and laughing like with our bodies not at them not in this horror filled way 
just feeling really joyful with them. And both of us have come from very different but quite uh, intense like challenges with our bodies. And over the years, to become friends with your body has just it's just made me feel really happy. It's just a nice thing to do. I don't love my body every day. I don't love all parts of it. Sometimes it pisses me off. Sometimes it lets me down. But like, it's my friend. I'm not going to shit on my friend. And that's a nice way of thinking about it because we're so often introduced to our bodies as like our enemy and something that we need to conquer. And I don't like that. Now, I think that's interesting you say almost as a criticism, oh, it's childish, but there's something fundamental about it. And another thing that shines through both the book and through talking to you and seeing you there in your sort of, with your spangly, bobbly, wall-hanging thing behind you. David, this is the least embellished part of my house, honestly. Well, (laughs) listeners, if you can see this, this is... (laughs) But the... Your thirst for pleasure or your dignifying of pleasure seems to be in all areas of your life you seem to be pleasure focused is that right and sex is you know is is part of it but yeah um you're finding pleasure everywhere i do i do not all the time but i there is an opulent verging on excessive nature to my personality where I don't need everything to be really nice, but it really makes me happy when it is. And that's all and that's not about money. It's about like it's just about the having a joy in a, in like a little object or in a meal or something. It's I'm far less interested in how much things cost or where they come from. But yeah, I kind of I'm just looking around this room now. It's got lots of my like craft things in it and then loads of really nice books that I love. And most of the things in here are not, would not be deemed as special to someone else. But because I've put this (laughs) slight kind of obsessive opulence on all of these things, just existing in this room on my own makes me really happy because I'm kind of, I've made friends with all of the things in this room. So it feels like I'm hanging out at a nice, fun admittedly quite quiet but very colorful party and i quite like that so your so, environment is kind of animated in a sense it, it's not just objects there are stories there's this energy there's memories yeah oh yeah massively definitely and i think we've all got the potential to do that when we think about sex as well because it is the way that we communicate through objects i think is a really beautiful thing and is so personal and can be really really transformative and that really crosses over into sex like the way that we can communicate with ourselves and with each other through kind of consensual pleasure focused sexual play is really nice and that doesn't mean that every time you have sex it needs to be the equivalent of like an opulent seven course tasting menu you know (laughs) (laughs) sometimes that can happen and that that's lovely but also there's there's joy there can be joy in not wanting to have sex there can be joy in having really quite mundane bog standard sex and just feeling really close to someone or or really satisfied or close with yourself it's not 
like the thing that can annoy me about the way that sex is spoken about in the sort of sex positive community is that everything has to be the very best and the most exciting and like all the bells and whistles all the time and if that's what you want and you have the time and capacity to do that then absolutely go for it but I think for most of us we're wanting to find those bits of magic in our sex lives without that taking up our entire days because we we can't do that (laughs) as much as lots of us might might like to that's not accessible but you know with with an attitude that is um Kate Moyle who's a wonderful uh sex therapist says the three components to great sex are communication curiosity and lube and I think (laughs) (laughs) she's bang on there and that curiosity bit is like so important and so underrated and you know I think especially in your world as well like community um communication and curiosity go hand in hand and it's just nice thinking about that when it comes to sex and pleasure yeah i mean you said you said earlier it's your opulent personality i wonder do you have any practices because i think of street wisdom as a practice as much as anything else and it kind of uh people use it in different ways but do you have any practices to to find and into i'm talking about in daily life do you have any practices that kind of builds your pleasure capacity so that you can find pleasure from the ordinary in, on my book the, the front of my my recent book wonderful is find um the magic in the everyday every day and this mm, it's nice. very sort of similar similar feeling of trying to find these fragments these magical fragments that are available if we really look around and particularly you know, I, we encourage people to do it when they're walking because it's a full body activity and so on. But do you have any practice? Are there any r- Ruby practices that you do to develop your own pleasure capacities, as it were? I don't know how many of these I do consciously, but just hearing you say that, there are def- there are a couple of things that I do. I like doing the same thing over and over again and noticing how it's different. Hmm. Which whether that's I now have like a set walk that I do in my new hometown and seeing how that changes every day is a really nice thing because it's like you know marrying the familiar and then the unexpected together which is really lovely and now is a great time of year because the sun is coming out and I just think if you can find a sun trap in your house and you can curl up in it for five minutes you will come out of that so much happier (laughs) even if even if you're still miserable you'll be slightly less miserable than you were before you entered the sun trap i'm kind of like a like a sort of small cat or dog just wanting to or like a reptile just going in to like absorb all the heat i feel like that is a very simple pleasurable thing that gives me a great amount of joy and the other one that I, that you know, Rosie and I are running Body Love Sketch Club are big advocates for, and I'm very excited for it to like be warm enough to do this, is just to be naked a bit. It's real, and you know, for some people that might sound horrifying and totally not the thing that they want to do. And I have full respect for that. People get their power at different stages of dressed or undressed. So like, I feel like the most me 
when I, this is opulent for you. I feel the most me when I am nude, but heavily accessorized. So like big hat, big old stupid shoes, loads of jewelry. I've got peignoirs, which are these like sort of big, like 60s see-through-y cloaky things, but also naked. That is me at my happiest. And (laughs) if, you know, wherever you are on the fully clothed to fully naked scale, just relishing in one bit of that way or feeling connected to your body is a really nice thing. Because I I like clothes, but I feel like they can be a bit suffocating sometimes and actually encouraging you to get to know yourself because there's all this lovely, silly skin and interesting stuff going on mm. underneath them. Mm. And I, I quite like uh, familiarising myself with that when I feel like it. Oh, welcome back. Welcome back to the street. I told you you would feel more multicoloured and opulent just spending time in Ruby's presence. Well, I certainly do. That's lovely. You know what? I, I, I love the way, looking back on that conversation, how playful she is. Uh, how she kind of makes routine. She banishes routine by doing even quite simple things in different ways. And she sort of seems to play, she seems to play between her different personalities. Um, um, you know, like the way we used to as kids, we would try on different costumes and we're perfectly happy with that. Which puts in mind an exercise or a game or a jeu that we could play together uh, right now to turn the rest of this podcast into an experience. So here's what I'd love you to do. I'm going to do it as well alongside you. Um, is for the next 10 minutes, um, think of a, a, a role. In fact, think of think of three roles so you've got a chance to try different ones and it could be like the poet the sorcerer you know make them sort of archetypal it could be uh the the surgeon the spy the soldier could be that or it could if you wanted be a um you know a film star or character Uh, obviously obviously i would do george clooney but that's typecasting anyway the idea is to have these three characters in your mind and over the next 10 minutes as we go along is as, you, as you're walking, simply say to yourself, I am George Clooney or whatever it is you've chosen. I am the code breaker. And just see what changes when you take on a persona like that. It doesn't require acting and performance really, but, but just see how, how your body changes perhaps, how your gait changes, your, your pace changes how it changes how you see the world and how it changes maybe how the world sees you. Okay, and um, I'll do it along with you and we'll start right now. And I'm gonna, I'm going to choose someone. Okay, so for me, I'm starting with, <laughs> starting with, uh, I'm Gene Kelly. That's because that's the first thing that came to mind. So here we go. I am Gene Kelly. Well, obviously I to tap dance. I'm singing in the rain, just singing in the rain. That dog is looking at me very oddly. Oh, what a glorious feeling. I'm happy again. Well, 
<laughs> well, well, how was that? I must admit, I did have fun with that. I hope, I hope you did too. Um, brief reports back from my from my little walk. Uh, the Gene Kelly. Uh, I did find myself. I don't think you can call it dancing, but I did find definitely it was a bounce in my step. I, I didn't uh, pirouette around any um, uh, lamppost, but I did caress a tree or two. And there's just something about uh, imagining you're in a musical with a background score and full orchestra that kind of lifts your day, doesn't it? Um, uh, if you didn't try, I recommend it, especially on a on a on a you know depressing dark Wednesday. Particularly good. Then I switched to Spy, and I had in mind I have to admit the James Bond variety, and um, yeah, immediately my 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 tempo changed. I slowed down. My the connection with the feet, my, the, my footish connection with the floor changed, and I was more padding along. I think. I was, uh, I paid more attention in my peripheral vision um, and uh, I think genuinely just a bit more suspicious of people and I think they of me, there were people kind of looking at me out of the corner of their eyes as I was looking out of the corner of mine and then finally, um, and this is one I, I don't know, I, I've, I try quite often as magician um, and I was wondering what would the magician be doing and uh, the magician was um, very connected with the natural elements around um, and and anything that was mechanical um, as a magician I, I convinced myself I was making it do what it did you know so the lights changed when I made them change and uh, you know, quite quite a sort of megalomaniac <laughs> magician if I'm honest anyway that was that was what I did I think it's just fabulous to know that you've got these different um, people almost like programs inside you and there's no excuse ever to be bored when you're walking along just install a more interesting you so there it is there it is more fun to be had I just want to thank we got to that part in the in, in the podcast where I just thank our lovely guest Ruby rare a rare treat a rare pleasure I must say if you were as enchanted by her as I am then you can find her on uh, Instagram, you will not be alone. There's thousands of other people, but you'll find her at Ruby Rare. And if you're interested in her other work, which is great, and her book, you'll find details of that in the um, blurb. And my final thanks to you, dear Walker, co-Walker. Thank you for sharing uh, this meander with me. Um, I look forward to meeting you again uh, at another, the next podcast, next episode, for a bit more inspiration on the go. And meanwhile, have a wonderful life. If you want to find out more about how you can use these techniques to find clarity and navigate your life, then check out streetwisdom.org. Street Wisdom is a non-profit founded by David Pearl and is in 67 countries around the world. It's a free workshop run by volunteers and its mission is to bring inspiration to every street on earth. If you'd like to get involved, you can join a free workshop or download our audio guide from streetwisdom.org. We'd love for you to share the magic of street wisdom, so please do tell a friend. And you can give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook at streetwisdom underscore. And if you'd like a copy of Wonderful, you can find it on Amazon in book and Kindle form. All profits will go to Street Wisdom. Wonderful is a Pearl Group production. You can find David on social media at David Pearl here or his website 
davidpearl.net.